All right, welcome back, guys. It's showtime. Got a cool little guest star for you. Uh, good buddy of mine. Uh, rival, in a sense. Steeler fan. Uh, welcome, Brad Eppert. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, dude. Good. Happy to have you on the pod. I uh, shot you a text last week and asked you if you could join, and you were nothing but ecstatic to join, so I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm just so excited. Talk NFL, be on this podcast. It's it's one of the things I love to do is talk NFL and argue a little bit with you Patriots fans. So, yeah, you had you had said last week that uh, you wanted to argue with me and Jeff when we were talking. So I'm excited to have you on here and have somebody that uh, maybe isn't so Pat's friendly. <laughs> yeah, I'll be giving it to you guys for sure. <laughs> so we are going to start with the Patriots. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the Patriots' attempts to retain Brady? Do you think what would just break down your situ- What your opinion is on that whole situation? Well, I mean, it came out before, like before the season, early season, that um, he put his house up for sale in New England. Yeah, and um, the whole season there were a lot of uh, shots that Brady wasn't good anymore. He was aging poorly, and then there was the other side where he wasn't getting enough weapons and. The Patriots kind of started to fall apart a little bit late. They lose to the Dolphins and lose their bye. It just seemed like things weren't going the right way. And then after the season ended and Brady throws the pick six at the end against the Titans, I believe Bill Belichick was kind of done at that point. I don't think there was anything Kraft could do to save it. I don't think Tom Brady could do anything to save it. I think it really comes down to Bill Belichick wanting to move on. Um, and clearly they didn't do enough to get him because he's a Buccaneer now. So what do you think, what do you think Bill Belichick had in his mind? <clears throat> maybe it's a number, maybe it's a, a situation. Would you think he would just rather Tom retire? Do you think that he wanted Tom to play for 10 or 15 million? What, what do you think kept Tom Brady in a Patriot Jersey this year? And if, if anything, Oh man, uh, I feel like he would have had to play for almost dirt cheap money. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, talk about how you think they should have treated Tom Brady and his status, but I truly think Bill Belichick only cares about production. I mean, that's what it seems like from the outside. I don't watch the Patriots all the time, but I mean, it just seems like if you're not producing and you don't, you're not all in, it doesn't matter who you are. So I think when it came down to it, when he wanted to move on and get Garoppolo two years ago and Robert Kraft came in and intervened, I don't think Bill Belichick liked that at all. And with Tom Brady not being as good or the offense not being as productive because Bill Belichick took over the defense this year and the defense played lights out, one of the best performances in a season by a defense ever, and they couldn't even get a bye. And I think I think Bill Belichick looked at that more as a Tom Brady issue rather than an offense issue. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Definitely not a very uh, stat-filled Tom Brady season, but you you lose your left tackle for several games. You lose your starting center and captain before the season even starts, so blood clot. Again, not too many teams can say this and start complaining, but they lose their fullback, who's a huge point in the run game. Oh, yeah. There's just a lot of things that went wrong offensively in New England, and Tom's going to shoulder all the – all the the blame and that's that's whatever but I guess 
and we'll touch on this in a second, whether you think he'll have a bounce back year or not. But what do you think about his predecessor, Jared Stenham? Do you think that is who they're going to roll with? Do you think they're going to maybe sign? I think this is crazy, but maybe they bring in an Andy Dalton. Maybe they bring in Cam. What do you think they draft somebody? Do you think they're going to tank? Let's let's talk. Let's talk. The first one. Do you think Jared Stenham is under center week one? Yes, you do. I do. Do you think they draft somebody in this draft? If they do, maybe super late because that's what they've done in the past is they kind of always take a quarterback in those late rounds. But I don't think there's anyone they have their eye on or they're hoping lands like balls to them. I don't think so, no. So you, you would, you, eh, would you rule out Andy Dalton? No, and the reason why is I, I know previously you've talked about the, the Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um, I believe Bill Belichick isn't anticipating having a great year this year. And I think if no one signs Andy Dalton or Cam's a free agent and the Patriots are a shocking maybe five and one or they're having a really good year um, and the quarterback goes down maybe. But I think I think Bill Belichick, there's so many free agents out there that are better than Brian Hoyer or Jared Stenham, in my opinion. And he hasn't gone after any of them at all. Yeah. Yeah, you have a point there. Uh, what do you think about tanking? You kind of brought it up just now with Trevor Lawrence. What do you think? Um, I know some people, like, have a different version of tanking, as in, like, I think tanking's impossible. Even if the even if the uh, the GM and the head coach want it, players are constantly putting film out. They're never going to play bad on purpose. However, it like, losing Tom Brady – then you lose Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins. Then you just release your legendary kicker, Goskowski. And it doesn't seem like you're doing anything to replace all this lost production. I mean, it seems to me, I mean, Bill Belichick, I mean, any team that's going to be bad next year, it seems like there's they've already got their quarterbacks. So, I mean, in terms of Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence coming out next year, I think Brady's already looking at next year, going to have a gap year here. I, th- I really think that's what Bill Belichick's looking forward to because it doesn't make sense with him losing all this. And typically the Patriots are dominant in free agency and they're just quiet. They signed Brian Hoyer. I mean, have they even signed anyone else? Yeah, a receiver that I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're, with um, Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins just floating around. I mean, come on. Yeah. So you sp- you talked just a second ago about not addressing things that they've lost. Let's talk about somebody that retired on them two years ago and they still haven't replaced him, Rob Gronkowski. The fact that the tight end position still isn't secured in New England only tells me one of two things. Belichick doesn't understand the significance of what he lost or, and we've, we've known this to be true, Belichick's kind of always ahead of the curve. Back in 2007, he abandoned in the run and decided, hey, I'm going to throw it down your throats. And then just two years back, he said, you know what, I'm going to abandon the pass and I'm going to run it down your throats. What do you think that – why do you think he hasn't addressed the tight end position? Well, two things. One about Gronk, absolutely, I know you know this, irreplaceable. The oh, greatest yeah. tight end I've ever seen, maybe arguably ever. Um, but with that being said, I mean, in terms of offensive help, I don't think – Bill Belichick has done a good enough job almost anywhere for Tom Brady over the past five years. I mean, I think offensively through the draft, isn't Gronk and 
maybe Edelman, I don't know if they drafted him or not, the only guys that have ever reached the Pro Bowl at skill positions. I mean – Actually, fun fact, Julian Edelman has never made a Pro Bowl. What? Oh, wow, that's shocking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, yes, Rob Gronkowski is the only skill position to be drafted under Bill Belichick in this amount of time that's never made a Pro Bowl – or that's made a Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's like – since, since like 2010 or something like that. So – Obviously, it's it's hard to replace Gronk. It doesn't seem like they're they're in a hurry to. I'm kind of shocked they haven't traded or or signed somebody in free agency. Maybe Bill's got his, his eye on somebody in the draft. That's the only possible thing I could think of because I'm very confident that a tra- Tyler Eifert is still out there. I think uh, and obviously Tyler Eifert had his injuries. I think Jordan Reed's still out there. I mean, there's there's still capable tight ends. And the and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this when we talk about the AFC North. But Austin Hooper, I mean, he was out there. He signed for a pretty nice sized contract. But if you knew you weren't bringing Brady back, I think you could have afforded to bring in Austin Hooper. Probably, would you say he's top five? I think he's a top five tight end. Austin Hooper. Yeah. I mean. Last year certainly had an incredible year, but I feel like a lot of times players can have one standout year. And when it comes down to it, you look at the Falcons, you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, you had a decent run game. Austin Hooper, is he really a vocal point of what you're trying to stop? Or is Austin Hooper a product of so many weapons being around him? Which he's still going to have in Cleveland. Uh, Okay, I'm glad glad you said that. (laughs) I mean, Cleveland... If they can get the coach right, they're loaded. I mean. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we've talked a little bit about the Pats. Let's talk about uh, whether or not you think Tom Brady's going to have a – what are your Tom Brady expectations in Tampa Bay? It's so hard to have expectations because so much of this is unknown. There's really no – like nothing to refer to here. I mean, we got a 42-year-old quarterback who's played 20 years at the same team going across conference, playing down in Florida, where typically he's been bad in Florida playing against the Dolphins. That's been the one sore yeah. spot of his career, really. Funny you so, bring I mean, that up. That's so true. And no, I haven't heard that. You're the first person I've heard bring that up, actually. It's, it's kind of shocking to me. But at the same time, when you talk about what do I expect, I mean, dear Lord, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, Ronald Jones II, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I mean – just throw it up. I mean, he's got all sorts of stuff. I know everyone talks about the Buccaneers passing game, but Ronald Jones Jr. averaged 4.2 yards a carry last year. They just didn't get a chance to run the ball much. Yeah. I mean, when Javis turns it over 30 times, you know, it's it's tough to get uh, things going. And that's the one thing, no matter what, Tom Brady could turn 50 years old and everything could diminish. The one thing you know for certain is Tom Brady's not going to turn the ball over. Yeah, everyone talks about Jameis's 30 interceptions. He also had five fumbles. Whew. He had 35 by himself. That, that, that's, un, that's unprecedented. That's un, it's just unheard of. It's more than yeah, the, really I think the, the Buccaneers on the season were a negative 13 in the turnover ratio, which I think kind of speaks to their defense. If their quarterbacks turn it over 35 times, I feel like 13 is really not terrible. Yeah. So they obviously they bring back Nadamikin Sue. That's official today. Yeah. What do you think about uh, your former your former friend Antonio Brown? Yeah. Likelihood that he is a Buccaneer this year. 
Um, I don't ever like to say zero. I'll say point zero one. So you're throwing it out. Yeah. Um, one, the odds of him being reinstated are low. And then once he's in, I don't think Bruce Arians wants anything to do with Antonio Brown. And I think that's just like a fabricated story. I know Tom Brady likes Antonio Brown and would like the weapon. But when he sees that wide receiver room, when the NFL season comes around, it's going to be okay. Yeah, you can quickly forget about Antonio Brown when you have six yeah. foot five Mike Evans on your team. Yeah, I believe if Antonio Brown comes back, um, scary version, he stays away from Tom Brady, which I believe could be his friend. He stays in the AFC, and uh, he gets back at the three teams he played for, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Patriots, and scary version signs with the Ravens and plays with his cousin. Wow. You know, I haven't heard anybody bring that up, but – if, if there's a team out there that could contain his personality, John Harbaugh all day long. Yeah, and you got you got Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Antonio Brown, and he gets to play the Steelers, Raiders, and Patriots if it all lines up in the postseason. Yeah, that's wild. That truly is wild. Um, I don't know about you. I know that you were an Antonio Brown fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. I personally – have always tried to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't care what anybody says. He never used to be a diva. He never used to be a head case. He's always been a diva. He's never, he never used to be a head case. This is still relatively new. If we're being honest with ourselves, this is, yeah, probably, yeah. This is only about a year old of head caseness. Mm-hmm. So I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but to be honest, I'm not rooting for him at this point in his career. I right. kind of done. He seems like a distraction for the league, but at the same token, Anybody he lines up for on Sunday, he's a threat. Oh, absolutely. Demands a triple team. Yeah, 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 still. Uh, let's move on from there. We're going to be getting to your Steelers in a minute, but I want to talk about probably the hottest free agent right now, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. What do you think? There's a, there's a lot of fits out there, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of things to consider, obviously teams that have already signed quarterbacks, teams that are looking to draft, teams that maybe don't have enough cap space. But I'm going to throw a couple situations at you, and if you have another one, let me know. Okay. Uh, New England, potentially. The Los Angeles Chargers, obviously looking to fill up a stadium. They don't really have an answer at quarterback outside of Tyrod Taylor, and they do hold a, a top 10 pick. You have the Washington Redskins. Obviously, he can reunite with Ron Rivera. And I don't care what anyone says. I don't think the Raiders love Derek Carr. I, I, I potentially think he could go to the Raiders and they could move on from Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr is safe. That's just my own opinion. But uh, what do you think? Or even the Dolphins. Aren't the Dolphins kind of in a market for a quarterback? Um, Where do you I think? I don't think the Dolphins. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick and they have Josh Rosen and they're going to be drafting a quarterback. Um, when it comes to the Raiders, I believe they brought in Marcus Mariota for that reason. I believe uh, John Gruden really likes Mariota. And I believe when Gruden did his Gruden camp, had Mariota and was very impressed. I think that's why he brought him in. Yeah. Um, the Redskins, are they're kind of just like crazy. Alex Smith, is he ever going to play again? You got Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins. Um, I don't think they draft a quarterback. I don't think they can pass on Chase Young. Um, I agree. I agree. Uh, 
I mean, long shot, if we're hypothetical trades, there are some whispers that um, Bill Belichick might go for Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun yeah. Watson left, I could see Cam Newton going to the Texans. The, uh, we'll t- I want to circle back to that. Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, going forward, um, I don't think Cam Newton signs before the season. I mean, you've you got to – Huh? You do not think he's on a week one roster? I don't. I think um, Cam Newton with the injury history, it's kind of up in the air. I think he's lost his dynamic running ability. Um, he's got a career 60% completion percentage, which isn't the greatest. And in no season ever has he thrown less than 10 interceptions. He's always had double-digit interceptions. So even as he gets older in his career, it doesn't look like he's doing a great job at reading defenses. Um, two teams I thought were interesting is because I don't believe he's going to sign before the season is two teams in the AFC, the Steelers and the Bills. If they're having good seasons and their quarterback gets injured, I could see them going to get Cam Newton. If the Steelers have a winning record over halfway through the season and Big Ben's elbow goes down or Josh Allen, who's starting to run more and more in his career as it's still early, but if either of those guys get hurt, I could see them reaching out to a Cam Newton to try and save a season for a young team. So let me ask you this. We're going to get into the Steelers here in a minute, but would you want Cam Newton as a Steeler? <laughs> if, if it's not to have Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges, yes. Okay. Right now with our defense, I, don't, I, I, think, uh, I think Mason Rudolph and Duck – showed last season they're they're not there yet but we'll get into that like you said yeah all right so I want to before we get into the Steelers and and really take off with the AFC North I want to talk about what you brought up and so my buddy sent me this the other day the Vegas odds in order to link for the Patriots quarterback in 2021 have you seen that I have not uh, Deshaun Watson leads it at plus 300. <laughs> best, he has the best odds in Vegas to become – this is prior to the to – the all, all of a sudden the Twitter fiasco of Deshaun Watson becoming a New England Patriot. So this is before that. Yeah. So th- for some reason, I think people think that Bill Belichick is able to weasel his way in and get to Sean Watson. I just, to me, that seems crazy because nobody in their right mind would allow a top five, six, seven. I don't think you can argue him under seven, a top seven quarterback to be traded. Yeah. But outside of Michael Thomas, isn't DeAndre Hopkins the best receiver in the NFL right now? Maybe Julio. OBJ on his day, but I mean, he just traded him away for nothing. Personally, and I, I don't, I, we don't have to get into this, but I don't hold Mike Thomas as the best receiver in the league. I have it as it's a it's a tie between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins. I I completely agree. So there's no argument there. I mean, there will be from some, but not me. So it is wild that they allowed him such a small ask, but it did sound like he wanted a pretty large deal that the Texans weren't willing to give up. And the Texans are hard-pressed at picks right now. They have no draft picks. They're really scrounging for picks. So I, I understand 
but I feel like you could have gotten a one, especially because Diggs, Buffalo traded the farm for him. Oh, my. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Bill O'Brien didn't make it public and kind of the Cardinals walked into maybe being the first offer and he just snap called. I mean, it just you, – you couldn't have looked around the league and that's the best you got. I, I'm certain of it. I'm 100% with you there, especially seeing as New England just last year gave up a two for Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And that, so the only thing, and I don't know what Bill O'Brien's mindset is here, unless he really likes David Johnson, which again, David Johnson's a fairly injured running back. And running back is like the one position in the NFL that nobody has committed to. So why would you? You traded for a running back that has a contract who's old and injured. I don't know. It just it's wild, really, when you when you get into it. But back to Deshaun Watson. Do you, what's the likelihood you put on him being a Patriot? The like, uh, it's so hard to say that. Um, I don't know. I I feel like it's one of the only teams that have voiced mutual interest. But I mean, Deshaun Watson without looking at a chart, he's got to be a top 10 quarterback in the league at this point. So, I mean, there's got to be at least 20 teams that would take him. Let me pitch this to you. New England isn't the worst team in the league next year, but they're certainly not a playoff team. Maybe they're picking inside the top 15. Okay. New England always has draft picks. Be whether it's trading players or getting comp picks in return for players that leave, they're due a couple more comp picks for next year after all these losses. What do you think about New England potentially next year going into a what's supposedly considered a quarterback heavy draft, trading their first round pick and maybe a two for Deshaun Watson? Do you, and do you think they do that? Do you think that deal gets done? No, um, I believe. If it makes it to the end of this season and Deshaun Watson isn't a Patriot, he won't be. It, we're on the same page. I do not think the Patriots will make the playoffs this year. And with all the picks that they'll have, you think of the teams that would be in the top two or three for Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. A lot of those teams that we anticipate to be bad next year already have their quarterback for the future. If they don't go for Deshaun Watson this year, they are giving up virtually everything to get one of the two quarterbacks next year, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue. I think, honestly, this is going to be a continual thing. New England's quarterback situation, it's got to be a top five storyline for the next two years. Oh, I mean, maybe longer. Maybe longer. Maybe longer. You're right. Maybe longer. All right, so let's get into first-year team before we get in the AFC North. You're obviously a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's your love. Mm-hmm. So Pittsburgh last year does something that I was fairly critical of. They traded a first-round pick to the Miami Dolphins to get Inca Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So the reason I was critical of it is because it seemed like – you guys weren't exactly tanking. Right. You guys weren't very good. I'm sorry. You guys weren't very good. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you give up what seems to be a very 
good first-round pick. Turns out it ends up being like middle of the pack because you guys actually competed for a playoff spot up until the very end. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. It turned out that Minka Fitzpatrick is a straight-up dog, and I'll get your opinion on that in a minute. And you guys signed Eric Ebron. Your, your quarterback situation is still very, very, very much up in the air. What do you think? What do you, what do you got to say about the Steelers? Um, first of all, with the Steelers, I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. The Steelers were eight and five without Big Ben. Once it got to the to the big boy football and people had film on our two quarterbacks that can't really play, uh, we lose the last three games. But I have no reason to trust anybody but doctors and Big Ben. So until he gets hurt again. I am going to assume Big Ben is a healthy starting quarterback. I don't think there's a single team that wants to cease the Steelers on their schedule. Um, our defense, we're returning basically everyone. We lose Javon Hargrave, but we get Stephon it back. I think that's an even, even switch. And last year we led the league in takeaways and we led the league in stacks. I like the addition of Eric Ebron. Um, anybody who's watched him or plays fantasy football knows that he can be hot and cold, though. He's not yep. always the Pro Bowl Eric Ebron. Sometimes he's the drop three passes a game Eric Ebron. The, the Detroit I, Lions Eric Ebron. Correct. I I still think he provides a much-needed threat. Um, it's a good sight to see Juju Smith-Schuster not on social media so much um, because I believe it all got to his head. He didn't realize how much Antonio Brown did for him playing on the other side. Um, Juju had a very poor year, um, but man, Big Ben, everyone talks about how he's aging poorly. I mean, he threw for over 5,000 yards the year before he got hurt. Um, you just look at what our offense is capable of with Big Ben up there. I mean, when we lost him last year, we were the only team to never score 28 points in a game, and we never had 400 yards of offense in a game. And we were still able to go eight and eight against some pretty tough competition. And when, when we were early in the year, our losses to the Ravens, the 49ers and the Seahawks were by like a combined nine points. I mean, we were in games, in games late with terrible quarterback play. So, I mean, TJ Watt, defensive player of the year candidate, you look at Minka Fitzpatrick, a whole year with the team, we're returning, like I said, 10 of the 11 starters. Um, I'm excited for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson gives us a threat at punt return. He's done well as wide receiver. He was our number one receiver last year. So um, with being able to go two tight end set, Vance McDonald and uh, Eric Ebron, I I really like what the Steelers are doing, and I'm excited to see them in 2020. So you brought something up that I thought prior to last year and it was confirmed, and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one, and maybe this isn't a popular opinion. Juju is not a number one receiver. <laughs> he's definitely a number two receiver. And he's a very, 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 very good number two receiver, but he's not a number one. And he struggled a lot last year, especially anybody that was playing man-to-man coverage on him that can play even remote lockdown defense struggled had a pretty bad year statistically nothing like his year with big ben and now mind you i if i'm gonna do it for brady i'm gonna do it for juju juju played with injured players 
He he lost his running back. He lost Antonio Brown. He lost Ben Roethlisberger. He was really a one-man show on that offense, if we're being completely fair. So I I just wonder, and maybe you have an opinion on this, What in a, what's supposed to be a super heavy wide receiver draft this year, do you think that the Steelers target a receiver in the second round? In the second round, um, I don't. That, they don't have a first-round pick. Right, so yeah. be the earliest. Yeah, I don't. The only reason uh, being is um, – we might have to get an edge rusher because Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are both going to ask for quite a bit of money. And um, our offensive line's getting old. Um, when Ben retires, Marquise Pouncey goes. David DeCastro's been around for a while. Um, our left guard, Ramon Foster, just retired. So, you know, this top five offensive line we've had for all these years, I mean, they've only got about one or two left, and we're going to have to start reloading. So when you look at our wide receiver depth with Juju, Deontay Johnson and James Washington as well. I mean, people forget about him, but um, our receiving core is too young and I think we're too invested. And I think all of them show promise. It's just repetition. We had different quarterbacks so much last year. Uh, Everyone's getting hurt. It was just really, I mean, it was just terrible to watch on offense. It was so hard after going from big Ben, AB and Le'Veon Bell for all those years to watching that last year, it was hard to stomach at times. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot. Are you familiar with what Pittsburgh's salary cap situation is right now? Um, I don't think it's great. Um, I think we're one of the lower teams. I don't think we have a ton of room. But I have seen five, six, seven of our veteran guys start to restructure contracts. I believe that's what helped Eric Ebron get signed. But um, I believe through the years with the Roonies, Mike Tomlin, and our veteran guys, we've always done a pretty good job at restructuring contracts to try and get what we need. Reason I bring that up, uh, you said an edge rusher. Everson Griffin is still on the board in agency. I I actually can't believe he hasn't been signed yet. Uh, he's actually asking for over ten million a year, but he is a dominant pass rusher. And if you could bring him in for a, a three year forty five million or something like that, I mean that would be a that'd be a hell of a piece. And the Steelers obviously know their defense. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That would be a huge piece. I didn't know what your cap situation is. But yeah, I don't think that would. 50 million is a lot. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. I don't think it could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on to a team that, to be honest, of all the, NA- the AFC North teams has done the least. The Ravens, to my knowledge, they have one signing. They've signed defensive tackle Michael Brockers. Okay. Year 30 in. Haven't seen anything else besides they traded Hayden Hurst. I don't know if you have anything to add. What do you think about the, the Ravens in the co- upcoming year? Are they still the favorites? Um, are they, uh, they going to take a backseat? What do you think? Uh, they also traded a second-round pick for Calais Campbell from the Jaguars. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, okay. Very. Thank you for bringing that up. So they definitely reassured the defensive line. The defensive line is going to be good. But what do you think about uh, the general? Obviously, Lamar Jackson, obviously the reigning MVP, but some maybe took a step back in the playoff. What do you, what do you think? Okay. So the Ravens are scary as hell, in my opinion. Um, Lamar Jackson – I think he works out like a running back. So people always talk about him getting hit too much. 
I, I don't think that's a big issue. I think he builds his body to be able to take some of these hits. Obviously, you don't want your quarterback taking too many. But I was looking at how many points were scored last year by NFL teams. Second place was the 49ers with 479. The Ravens had 531. So the Ravens score, and they can score quick. They're not an offense that you really see a whole lot. So I believe they've built their defense to match their offense. They plan on getting leads. The way to beat the Ravens, even last year, is you have to start, you have to slow them out of the gates and maybe get a lead, force Lamar Jackson yeah. to play differently. But yeah. you look at you look at their defensive line. They they kept um, Judon. They signed Brockers. They signed Calais Campbell. So their pass rush is monstrous with four. And then they have Marlon Humphreys, Marcus Peters, and they re-signed Jimmy Smith. So they have three, I would say, all high-level cornerbacks, especially with turnovers as well. Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters are really good with their hands. So now they put you in a predicament where oftentimes they're going to get out to a fast lead and then just pin their ears back, and they're going to be a very difficult team to beat. Do you have them winning the North? I want to say no, but I know Big Ben. We don't know for sure if he's 100%. I'm okay. a, yeah, they win the North. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put you in the North. Yeah, I, uh, I think they're going to win the North, too. I don't think they're a Super Bowl favorite. I do think they would lose to the Chiefs. I think they would lose to – I'm high on the Titans. I think the Titans are going to be good again. I think they would lose to a Titan team, just my opinion. Now, the Ravens are explosive, and if they get hot, you don't want to play them. But I just don't know that they have super right. pedigree with how they play. But let's let's move on. What do you think about the Bengals? So I'm going to give you a couple of their moves. They got the number one pick. Whether you want to argue it or not, I think it's pretty much a done deal. They're going Joe Burrow, whether you think that's the right quarterback or not. They bring in defensive tackle Reader. They bring in the former Buckeye Von Bell at safety, the former Spartan Trey Waynes at cornerback. They definitely have shored up some defensive issues. They tagged A.J. Green. They still have Tyler Boyd. What do you think of the Bengals? Um, I, I think uh, the Bengals are fourth in the division again. Um, I like that all the moves they're making. Um, where we differ, I know it's hard. It's really hard to predict what a team would do on draft day, but I think the Bengals understand with is, is how, how built the whole AFC North is outside of them. Um, they need more than just one player. Um, so I, I think they trade out of the first pick personally, and I believe they try and rebuild through the draft for after Lamar Jackson's peak years. And when big Ben's gone, so, in my opinion, I think they try and rebuild through the draft. But in your situation, even if they take Joe Burrow, um, man, I, I think people really underestimate the job Andy Dalton did I, for the Bengals. And I just don't, I actually, I don't think they have a I good team. I 100% agree with you. Andy Dalton gets a lot of flack, dude. People hate on Andy Dalton. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of the Red Rocket. I wouldn't want him on my team. But Andy Dalton, I think, went to three, maybe even four straight playoff playoff appearances. It's at least three. 
Oh. And yeah. Dalton can really play. No, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl. But Dalton can win you 10 games pretty much every year when he's healthy and when he's out there and you have a team around him. That's why I always thought maybe New England was a good fit, even though I don't want him. He would be a good fit there. I just think that Joe Burrow – and we'll, we, uh, I'll go ahead and break the breaking news. We're going to have you on in a couple weeks to, to talk draft, and we're going to break down the draft, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But I just think that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this class. I think he's the consensus number one pick. Whether that belongs to the Bengals or not, that's another topic that we kind of you kind of. I, can, I, I think that the Bengals could potentially be the number two team in the in that division, and that's that's wow. that's being said with we don't know what Ben Roethlisberger is right now. And I have a new rule. I hyped up, and we're, we're going to talk about the Browns in a second, but I hyped up the Browns all last year. Uh, week one, I actually put out a Facebook post, and I got a lot of feedback about different people predicting what the Browns were going to be. I have a new rule. The Browns are what the Browns are until proven innocent. Until they prove to me differently, yeah. they are a four to five win team, six at best. And don't get me wrong, I think their ceiling is 12 wins. I, I believe that. I fully believe their ceiling is 12 wins and a Super Bowl team with the right coaching staff, the right head on Baker Mayfield. That is a Super Bowl roster. I don't care what anyone says. It's probably a top five roster in the entire league, maybe even top three. But going back to the Bengals, Joe Burrow is a hell of a quarterback. Absolutely put on one of the, the craziest performances in college football history. And as long as the Bengals put a half a decent roster around him and they, they're they already keeping his two receivers, he's going to come into the league with two receivers that a lot of people would beg to have. I just know in division, if he went to the Bengals – when the Steelers played the Bengals, we sacked Andy Dalton eight times in one game. I don't know any quarterback that can overcome that kind of – like, they need so much help on offensive line. A.J. Green's been injured here and there. I wouldn't say Tyler Boyd's any better than Juju, so they're kind of similar. If Tyler Boyd's forced to be, forced to be the one, I don't think that offense has what it takes. I, I truly believe that the Dolphins would give up the farm, and I think they would be better off getting a quarterback at five possibly in rebuilding maybe O-line wide receiver or more offensive pieces through the first round. I just – the Bengals, they're so – I just think they're such a poor team. Like maybe it's because we've had Big Ben, and I know that's fair to say we don't know what he is yet, but it doesn't matter who the quarterback is with the Steelers roster currently or the Ravens or even the Browns that walk in – and have any fear of the Bengals. I think that's one of the reasons that they get beat so often is because no team has any fear of them walking in or when they're coming to their town. I just, the Bengals, since I've watched football, I mean, a few playoff appearances, but they get knocked the first round. I just, as of late, I, I don't think they're any good at all. I think they need more than Joe Burrow, and I don't think Joe Burrow can save the Bengals, and I think that's way too much to ask of him. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line is pretty bad. They did lose their left tackle this free agency, too. 
as of right now, I don't believe he's resigned. So I say he lose, he's lost, but he could potentially resign. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It, it's very interesting, and we'll talk about this here in a couple of weeks when I have you back on for the draft, whether you believe that Miami will trade the farm. And that only benefits both teams because I personally believe that Miami is a very – they are the 49ers of last year. They're a team that was bad. And next year, they're very good. I'm not saying they're going to make a Super Bowl run, so let's pump the brakes there. They're definitely going to be a better team <laughs> than they even were last year or the year before. The Miami Dolphins have completely changed their roster. They've completely changed how they've been drafting, how they've been coaching, how they've been playing. They're just – they're night and day from what they were two years ago. So, Yeah. They spent a lot of money in a lot of good key yeah. places for them this offseason. And I mean, they won five games. They were like what, zero and eight or zero and nine? They won yeah. five of their last seven or eight. I mean, they really started to streak and put some stuff together there. Now you got Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Um, I, I believe the Titans didn't they release Cameron Wake? Maybe yeah. he's looking for a yeah. homecoming. Little veteran deal there. Throw him on the line. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Maybe they go after Emerson Griffin, like you said. Yeah, they got more cap space, man. I I just think the Dolphins, if they get us, that's why. I could see what you're saying. Hey, you know what? We've spent enough money. We're good enough. Maybe we should just trade the farm and get a proven Joe Burrow. And I, you know what? And the, the Bengals would probably they would probably have to agree with your with your setting and just say, hey, you know what? We're not good enough to just add a quarterback right now. We need more than that. I also think typically the Bengals have more been more of a conservative franchise. I don't think their ownership and GM, I don't think they like the pressure of having the first pick. You know, that all or nothing pick, all the scrutiny on if he makes it or not. I mean, what was their last first overall pick? Carson Palmer. I mean, they did that. And I mean, although he had a decent career, they didn't really win anything. I mean, maybe they don't want to go that way. Carson Palmer had a tough go around there. You know, that's another one, though. Carson had great receivers. Carson had great receivers, and Joe Burrow's going to come in having great receivers, but the offensive line is never great. The defense was never that great. There's a lot of factors there. Yeah, and you're going from playing in Louisiana up to Ohio, you know, that colder weather. I know some people say it doesn't make a difference, but it makes a difference. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, well, yeah, that's true. Never mind. Scratch that. Yeah, Yeah, he is from Ohio. That's personally why I think the bank can't take him. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow is LeBron James. Let's not get this twisted. But this is a LeBron James situation where you have a you have an in-state kid and you can have a chance to draft somebody to change your franchise. If you don't take him, how does the fans react to that? I I just I don't know. I just don't know. That's tough. Well, I mean, you can say that some people think about that, but I mean, like, I know it's not the same situation, but the Bears didn't care when they took Trubisky over to Sean Watson, and the narrative was that you should take Deshaun Watson. If some, if a team thinks they have their guy, they might have their guy, and I mean, we'll get into this later, but I believe the Bengals think Justin Herbert's their guy. Wow. That's a twist. All right, guys, if you're listening, get ready for this draft episode. <laughs> because that. <laughs> wow, I can't wait already. 
Let's move on. I'm telling you. Let's move on to the Browns. Browns hire new head coach. They keep Baker. It seems like he's still going to be QB1, but they bring in – wow, I'm drawing a blank. Help me out. Austin Hooper. Oh, the quarterback. Back up. Oh, Case, Case Keenum. Keenum. Thank you. So they bring in Case Keenum, who yep. has won playoff games in this league. Keep that in mind. They sign offensive tackle Conklin. They bring in Hooper, the tight end. They sign Carl Joseph, the old Raiders safety, former first-round pick. Browns make three very good, quiet moves. They're already a very talented roster. I don't think it's even debatable. They have the top two running game in the entire league as far as their running backs. Mm -hmm. They probably have the second, maybe third wide receiver trio. I put Tampa Bay one, probably probably the Browns two. What do you think, man? Um, I think it's kind of just what they needed uh, in regards to Baker. Uh, kind of what I talked about with Juju. It's nice to not see Baker on social media or with all these commercials. Um, it makes me think he's focusing on football, which is good for Browns fans. Yeah. Um, he basically came in. Uh, I would assume his message to Baker is I bring in Case Keenum, who's a quality NFL guy to help you. But if you screw it up, replace you. Um, and he said, to give you a fair shot, we're going to bring in a Pro Bowl right tackle. We're going to bring in the best tight end in the market. We're going to go two tight ends with Njoku and Cooper and uh, Hooper. Yeah. We're going to we're gonna run the rock through Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and we're going to slow the game down for you. And by the way, when we ask you to pass, we're only going to give you Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. So I think it's – all Baker has to do is not screw this up. I think they, they have so many positives of what they've done in free agency. Um, it sucks that they lose Joe Schobert their middle linebacker. Uh, that's a big piece. But um, you have Miles Garrett, um, as long as he keeps his helmet on. Um, you've got <laughs> <laughs> you've got Denzel Ward, young corner. Um, I believe they've got some pieces. Their defense played well, but Baker had a lot of turnovers. But I believe throwing to tight ends, running the ball, it's going to be able to slow the game down for him. Teams are going to be forced to move guys in the box. And, I mean – you can't say enough good things about Odell and, and Jarvis Landry. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the sky's the limit for them. But it, well, just like you said, the Browns are the Browns until they're not the Browns, period. Period, point blank. Like, legitimately, but, if you're suiting up in a game of Madden right now and you're sifting through your teams, <laughs> my God, the Browns are loaded. Oh, absolutely. Loaded. If they didn't say Browns above them, you'd want to pick them. Like, like if you're playing a buddy and you're like, hey, let's randomize the roster three times and whoever you get, you get. If you get the Browns, you're like, oh, hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, there's only about, like, roster-wise, maybe maybe five, six teams you'd pick it, ahead of them. It's, it's absolutely crazy how loaded the Browns are. And I'm, I'm very excited about this coach. And we'll see. We'll see where they go. But our rule of thumb on this podcast, it seems like you agree, the Browns, the Browns, mm-hmm. they're not the Browns. So, right. All right. One last team, and then we're gonna we're gonna go into a couple more things here. The Cowboys. So they go ahead and they tag Dak. Uh, it sounds like negotiations have opened up back up today. We'll see where that goes. Uh, the Zeke deal got done at the end of uh, the beginning of last season, end of training camp. Travis Frederick 
unexpectedly retires. No. Huge, yeah. huge, huge loss on the offensive line. They signed Amari Cooper, five years, $100 million, $20 million a year, making him one of the highest paid receivers in the league. They re-signed they, – I'm sorry, re-signed. They bring in Gerald McCoy. Very Cowboys. And the reason I'm not bringing up the Cowboys is they've been the most intriguing team as far as all the different elements they got going on. They've had franchise tags. They've had running backs getting paid. They've had retirements. They've had wide receivers getting paid. They've brought in random players. They've lost high-profile players. They brought in a new coach, Mike McCarthy. They just have so many moving parts. What do you think of the Cowboys? Well, it'll be interesting to see the coaching change because last season there was so many times where you just, like, wonder what Jason Garrett was doing. Yeah. Um, So it'll be interesting to see with Mike McCarthy. Um, their offensive line is getting very old. So, and, and Zeke didn't do well last year and Dak against good teams didn't do well last year. If they don't, if they don't do well this year or possibly next year, I believe their window is already closed. Um, the Eagles with Carson Wentz are, I think they're going to be the best team in that division for the next eight to 10 years, regardless of what they do with Dak. Um, and I also like what the Giants are doing. They got to build that defense a little bit, but the Giants' offense, if Daniel Jones continues to show what what he showed signs of late last year, I believe the Giants could make a big push and the Cowboys could get left behind again. That's crazy because I, I I don't know if you're going to argue this. I think they have the most talented roster in that division. Even with all their losses, I still think they have the best roster. And I think they signed Don Terry Poe, didn't they, just today uh, yeah. on the well, D-line? Yeah, actually, thanks for bringing it up. I think they did. So you got Poe, Demarcus Lawrence, and Gerald McCoy. And then you've got Sean Lee, Van Der Esch, and Jalen Smith behind them. And that front seven is going to be powerful. Um, again, we'll see what the coaching can do. And Dak in big moments is going to have to step it up because against the winning teams, he, he couldn't get it done. But – Hopefully Mike McCarthy uses Zeke because I don't think they can win it on Dak's arm. Yeah, they did lose Randall Cobb. I'm going to point that out. 828 yards. Cobb? Yeah. That's a good loss. That's a big loss. Yeah, and on defense, between Byron Jones, Jeff Heath, and Robert Quinn, they lost 143 tackles, and Robert Quinn was their sack leader at 11 and a half. So they tried to replace Quinn with Poe and – and uh, Gerald McCoy, we'll see how that works. But they lost a lot on defense. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, they're not the Browns, but the Cowboys are the Cowboys until they're not the Cowboys. I like where we're going with this. So uh, a couple more free agent things, and then we're going to we're gonna start wrapping her up. Uh, free agency, Rivers to the Colts, real quick, good or bad move? Bad. Bad. Yeah, um, even if they do well this year or better, I don't have Phillip Rivers very long, and I don't think the team is good enough to win the AFC. Even if they squeak into the playoffs, who's going to take the Colts over, you know, Bills, Ravens, Steelers, you know, anybody really. I mean, the Colts don't look that good. Yeah, I think the I think the uh, Titans are actually the best team in that division, especially now. Yeah, I do too. Texans lost Hopkins. I don't even know. This bold prediction. I don't think Philip Rivers is even the week one starter. I think it's still Brissett. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's bold. I don't think he's signed to be the backup. Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah. I, I, you know, I understand you signed and you're making $25 million, but if you're not better, you're not better. Uh, Gurley. Gurley gets signed, gets cut, signed right away to uh, to his home state of Atlanta where he played college at Georgia. What do you think the fit is there? you think that's a good fit? The name Gurley is super amazing, but his play is not anymore. I think the knees more than – I mean, the Rams don't just let a guy walk like that. He wasn't a locker room problem. His knee's gone. Yeah. I, he doesn't help the Falcons. I actually 100% agree with you here. And to be honest, I can't believe the Falcons even made this deal. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, Go sign Devontae Freeman again. Yeah. Do you, do you know who should be signing Gurley? Like the XFL. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but like, I don't even like maybe Seattle. I I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's a good football player anymore. I don't either. I don't either. I don't either. I don't. I don't know what's. I don't. The Cowboys. You come in, he can be a goal line back for when Zeke needs spelled. Like he's not a number. He's not taking 25 carries in a game. Not taking 25 touches. No. I don't know that he's taking 18, and that's what a good running back takes in today's league. Uh, I, he might take 25 snaps a game. Yeah, that's crazy. Whether he touches the ball or not. All right. Um, let's give a quick draft preview. One question is what all I got. If you have to take a quarterback, doesn't matter the pick, would you take Joe Burrow or Tua? Um, Joe Burrow. I, I don't want to argue talent. Because they're both incredible, and I love Tua. But I just think when it's such a small, like, they're so competitive in talent that the injuries would have to tip the scale. You'd have to take Joe Burrow. Okay. Well, man, we've had our longest – easily I've had my longest episode ever. <laughs> this has been a blast. Do you have any last things before I uh, get these guys out of here with uh, a way to remember you? No, man. Um, it was great to be on the show. Love talking football. Hope I can do it again. Hope everyone enjoyed uh, me being on the show with you. And thanks for having me. Can't say thank you enough. All right. Let me hit some, hit you with uh, 16 rapid fire questions. Oof. I don't want you to take too much time. I just want you to give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. Yep. Favorite sports team of yours? Pittsburgh Steelers. Your favorite team to play with in Madden? Pittsburgh Steelers. Your favorite non-stealer in today's NFL? J.J. Watt. Favorite all-time athlete? Wayne Rooney. Apple or Android? Apple. Favorite music- or Android, sorry, Android, Android, sorry, Android. <laughs> favorite music genre? Country. Applebee's or Chili's? Applebee's. McDonald's or Burger King? Burger King. I know you're a poker guy just like me. Would you rather have pocket fives or ace king offsuit? Give me ace king offsuit. <laughs> Would you rather load up a deck package or a drywall package? Oh, uh, can I use the forklift on the drywall? <laughs> you can. <laughs> I'll do drywall. <laughs> LeBron or Jordan? Oh, give me LeBron. Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, yes or no? 100% yes. It's a joke. He's not. Favorite Pop-Tart? 
Cookie dough. Favorite Michigan Wolverine? Lamar Woodley. Ooh, that's a good one. Best team you've ever seen in any sport? Best team I've ever seen in any sport. Yep. Yikes. What are you thinking? Um, I'd have to say the, uh, the like, the was it 72 win Golden State Warriors? Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, they, they won like, it was, yeah. Last but not least. Let's give these guys a little taste of our draft episode. Give me a 2020 NFL draft bust. 2020 draft bust? Yes. Hmm. J.K. Dobbins. Wow. You're getting some Buckeye heat tonight. <laughs> yeah, I just – I don't think he's going to be – I don't think he's going to be great in the NFL. He's going to be overdrafted. That's my opinion. Wow. All right, tell us where we can find you on Facebook, my man. Uh, Brad Epper Jr. You can also add Senior. He's my dad, cool enough guy, but ain't me. Uh, Brad <laughs> Epper Jr. Um, I don't really do Twitter. I need to get one, but just Facebook, and uh, you can see me around around Oregon, Ohio. So yeah, yeah, you guys. I'll tag him in the uh, the Facebook post as well that I when I post the the podcast. Uh, just like I, I dropped you guys on, on Twitter today. I didn't, I don't think I told anybody on Facebook, we're going to be dropping back to back episodes this week. So one tonight, one tomorrow with another good friend of mine, you guys, what an episode this was. I hope you guys enjoyed Brad, Brad. Thank you. You're welcome back anytime. Obviously you'll be back here for the draft episode in a couple of weeks. Thank you again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Take care, dude.